This time on Holy Ghost Notes. Tim Anderson, he is a gentleman. You're a drama queen. I need you to mow my lawn. You cannot talk to me that way. You're treating this like it's the end all. This person sucks to be around. <laughs> hey, this is Matt, and you are listening to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. What's I'm up? with my co-host, Tim Anderson. Yes, yes. Here we are. Episode number 80. Here we are. Crazy. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, as we were just talking about in pre-roll, it wasn't that long into this podcast, episode four, we were talking about how we can't believe that we made it four episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Effectively two months. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we're at 80. So first off, I mean, just a huge thank you to to you, Tim. Uh, You do so much of the work for this. And I really appreciate that. It's yeah. been my pleasure, man. Incredible to build something with you that in the beginning was just us recording a conversation. And I think as I look back on it, it's it's neat to know that we basically journaled our lives <laughs> right. verbally for the last three years. Yep. And obviously the last three years has you can do a lot, accomplish a lot, experience a lot in three years and um we've not only been able to talk it out and figure out some answers to some of our questions, but I've seen God do a lot in our lives Mm -hmm. um, just by doing those things. Yeah. And alongside of that, just pointing, you know, our view outwards of us, we've, we've built this inner circle and effectively it's built itself. Mm -hmm. The inner circle is um, a group of supporters that have enabled us to do this. That's right. And, more than just their financial support, just the fact that there's there are people, guys and girls, who have been continuing the conversation that we start here on the podcast mm-hmm. every week, talking about God, talking about drums, um, and there have even been a couple proposals. Yeah, that's right. In, in that time, <laughs> yeah. which is wild. It is crazy. Congratulations to yes. uh, to those folks. Yeah, and uh, they're all actually so it's uh, it's nine sixteen on a Wednesday night right now, mm-hmm. and they're all hanging out. Actually, yeah. they're just um, they're just an amazing group of people. So yeah, shout out to uh, to the inner circle right now. They're awesome. Yep. But uh, yeah, man, we've been yeah. It's uh, life for me is is all about like learning and growing, and uh, it's cool to look back on, like you said, like three years of documentation, and mm-hmm. just to kind of see what we've learned and how we've grown. You know, it's, it's a, it's a cool, it's cool to have that, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. it'll always be here for us to reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting to know how many podcasts started over COVID and how yeah. many are still going. Right. Yeah. I remember a conversation I had with Mike Johnston from mikeslessons.com where he was talking, we were talking about the studio I wanted to build and how I wanted to structure my drum lessons in a subscription based format. Yeah instead of just a one-on-one 30-minute Zoom. And um, he was telling me that there were so many people calling him up. Mm-hmm. Hey, COVID shut down the industry. I want to do this. And they were right. consulting him on how to do it. Um, and if it's anything like the landscaping world, which I used to be in, I remember talking to my boss in lawn care about how there would be guys who graduate high school. They'd buy a cheap pickup truck, a trailer, and a mower, and they would undercut the market by a couple bucks per week. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'll mow your lawn for $24. Yeah. My boss was 27. So this client wasn't very loyal, and they would go and they would hire this new 
fresh face. And only a year later, this guy would go out of business and they would come running back to us and be like, Hey, I need you to mow my lawn. <laughs> okay. What happened? Well, this guy went out of business. Well, yeah, yeah. it was just a quick phase and he's done. Mm-hmm. So it, it'd be interesting to know how many podcasts started thinking, wow, this would be really fun. And then only to realize how much work it is yeah. and how much commitment it is to keep it going. Um, especially if you don't have a huge listener base right. or don't have a support system. Yeah. Well, I know of a few that I started listening to that fizzled out. Um, so okay. I can't imagine if it was, if there was a few that I myself was just interested in, I, I can imagine yeah. there's countless more that yeah. had the same problem. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a testament. Um, and I think, uh, to, again, a lot of the shout out kind of goes to, to all of you listening and to, uh, to the inner circle yep. for, you know, keeping us accountable, keeping us going. Cause, uh, we, uh, we love doing this and we love talking to each other, but you know, it is a lot of work. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks to everyone uh, for, for sticking with us all these years. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, uh, it's, what, a, it's an honor. What do you think that you've learned the most in the, in the past three years, maybe as a direct result of this podcast, having, you know, I don't know, <laughs> 80 conversations with me, <laughs> Or maybe just hearing yourself talk, if you're a verbal processor, or maybe you're hearing back from other people yeah. who listen to this. What What's one thing that stands out to you that you're like, man, I didn't know that three years ago, and mm. I'm glad that I know it now? Well, I think it's a mixture of everything you just said, for sure, you know? Um, I, I think um, I've learned um, a level of efficiency, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, just as I've gotten busier over the last three years, I don't think I've gotten any less busy since we started this podcast. No. Um, had I, you know, had I had the idea right now, I'd be like, there's no way I can take something else on right. <laughs> and probably wouldn't have done it. But, um, you know, I've, I've learned how to be efficient with, uh, with producing this and getting it out. And, um, you know, basically there was a whole laundry list of things that I had to do every single time we released an episode. And I've cut that list down significantly and Mm -hmm. still, um, maintained the quality and, and, you know, the, the level, like everything's still releasing everywhere, but there's like, I have like APIs in place so that things post mm-hmm. automatically in certain other places so I don't have to do it manually. I have yeah. templates built out for for my mix so I don't have to listen to the whole thing. We mm-hmm. upgraded our, you know, our Pro Tools platform so now I don't have to, you know, bounce every second of every episode. I can quick bounce it. You know, so there's like little things, yeah. technological advancements that, that have helped but I've just like been able to, I've learned how to be uh, efficient with the, the little time that I have in order to keep doing this. And that's been kind of mm-hmm. cool um, mm-hmm. because I think that's probably what led to a lot of people fizzling out, just not having the mm-hmm. time and not being able to, you know, um, innovate with mm-hmm. with their, you know, with their process. So, yeah, it's a good yeah. point. What have you been up to recently? Uh, mostly, mostly work, but, um, you know, it's summer now. So, uh, you know, we just had, Fourth of July weekend and mm-hmm. spent a lot of time at the pool, which was great, and um, just just taking some time re- to relax. You know, I don't do that too often, and um, I, uh, you know, took that 
took that time, you know, even though there's, there were other things that I could have been doing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I took the time to relax and I'm, and I'm glad that I did, um, paying for it a little bit this week, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, but I'm glad that I took that time. It was, it was necessary. What about you? Um, so same 4th of July weekend was awesome. Yeah. Loved it. Um, I know my wife, Annie was really looking forward to seeing fireworks and just the way our parties worked out, we didn't really see any. Uh. And so it was Monday night, effectively July 4th. We were on the way back from a, a swimming pool party with a neighbor. And um, we, we I think we were actually just talking about like, man, we really didn't see fireworks. I knew she was kind of disappointed. And out of the corner of my eye, I see these big fireworks going off. It looked <laughs> to me like the grand finale. Yeah, We're in this tiny little town. Um, it's called Schaeferstown. I'm like, there's there's no way that, that Shaverstown has a big fireworks display. If we're seeing fireworks, it means it's probably almost over. <laughs> so I kind of made my way through this back alley. We parked in this parking lot, backed my truck up. These fireworks kept going. I posted a story, <laughs> and I'm glad I posted the story because we referenced what time I posted it. And it, it had been 29 minutes since I posted it, and we were just leaving. 29 minutes of uninterrupted fireworks and they were honestly some of the best fireworks i've ever seen we were parked so close to where they were setting them off it felt like we were it it felt like we were not supposed to be there um also factoring in that there were only 10 other cars there it was like a hidden gem we could actually see the guys setting them off wow it was a pickup truck there were two guys one on either side of the truck and we were parked next to this volunteer fire company so I'm like, maybe the, the fire company did it. I got home. I Googled it. I couldn't find anything on this firework display. Wow. So I told, I told my wife, Annie, I said, we're going to have to just go back every year. This is going to be our new tradition yeah. <laughs> to go back to this place because no one was there. And it was yeah. like one of the best firework displays I've ever seen. That's amazing. My, yeah, my brother was telling me he went to uh, a friend's party. And I guess, um, so, so fireworks are legal in Jersey now. They weren't for a really long time. And yeah. I guess this guy has just been every year just one-upping himself in the fireworks <laughs> show. And now the yeah. neighborhood has caught on. So th- even th- he throws a big party for his friends, and then at the end of the night he does a big fireworks show. Um, but the neighbors catch on to when this party is going to happen, and they all go <laughs> and watch the fireworks. So <laughs> probably something similar, probably just some guys that like putting yeah. something on. and you know. So was there, there wasn't like a big group of people around no. There just, were uh, at, at most 10, 10 vehicles in this parking lot. Wow. And then I could hear people kind of across the grass field yelling after, you know, some of the bigger displays. Yeah. So obviously the neighbors were there, but sure. it, it had to have been $10,000 in fireworks. I mean, <laughs> at least <laughs> it was incredible. That is crazy. Man. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. That's a good, end, good. end to the weekend. It was really good. And, and like you, I mean, I spent... Um, some time relaxing, which was nice. I was at a yeah. July 4th party on the 3rd on Sunday at my teaching pastor's house, and I got a phone call from someone who was at my wedding, um, someone I don't talk to a whole lot. He's a really hardworking, blue-collar dude, owns his own construction company, and um, I've always looked up to him a lot. He's, he's, had a, he's had a tough life in some ways and that he's really worked through a lot of things and built something great with his company. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't get to see him much unless I'm, I'm helping him pour concrete. Wow. 
Well, yeah. he calls me and, and he says, man, I just, I just had to call you today. I was at church and I was watching your wife sing, uh, lead worship or assist in leading worship. And I'm standing there next to my wife and I'm thinking, man, we are so blessed. Hmm. Like, what did we do to deserve this? And I, so I'm thinking, I, I wonder if this is the only reason he called, just to remind me that I'm really fortunate. I'm yeah. really blessed. Uh, it turns out that is why he called. And he just wanted to say he appreciates our friendship and he was glad he got to go to the wedding. And anyway, we got to talking about how when he got out of rehab, um, a friend of his through an organization called Men of Iron said, if you are willing to do this for one year, um, you're going to see your life change. Like you're going to see your life turn around. Mm -hmm. So he was sober and this guy challenged him to tithe 10% of everything he brought in. Keep in mind, he's just starting a company. And second of all, read his Bible every day. And a year later, he said his life was completely different. That's amazing. And people, wow. he said, pe people talk to him. People ask him, like, what is it like to own this decently sized concrete company? Like, it looks like you've made it. You have these sweet trucks. You have this, this awesome crew. I mean, you, you've really done it. And he, he said he just thinks back to what it was like when he wasn't sure he was going to make it to the next paycheck. Mm. And he was, he was taking 10% of what he did have coming in, which was, which could have been used to pay off debt. And instead he paid it back in uh, to the church out of principle. And he's like, I'll never forget that. Mm. I mean, that's what made me who I am. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I mean, I don't think, have we talked about tithing on this podcast before? I don't think we have. That might be a good topic. Uh -huh. I've I've got some I've got some stories there. I'll I'll share one now because this really I mean, there there are many times I'm I'll be honest with you. Uh, there are many times where I question the need to tithe, mm -hmm. um, especially when I wasn't actively going to a church. I was like, right. well, why am I putting aside this money? Like what? Right. Why do I really do I really have to? Does the Bible really say ten percent? You know, mm -hmm. and um. So I always go back to this one story where um, I was questioning my parents because they, they raised me to do that with my allowance. So I was getting an allowance, and yep. right off the bat, 10% of that allowance would be tithed. And um, so I wanted this uh, – uh, so X-Men had just come out, the original, um, you know, with Hugh Jackman and stuff. And, um, and I was so into this movie, and I wanted to purchase the VHS – Yes, mm -hmm. there were only VHSs at this point. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to purchase X-Men on VHS. And I also wanted an action figure, an X-Men action figure. And so I went to the store, purchased the action figure, but I didn't have enough for both. Mm -hmm. But I would have if I didn't tithe. Yeah. And so I was asking my parents, do I really have to tithe this, this allowance? Like, just this once, I just want both of these things. Can I buy both of them? No, it's really important for you to tithe. So I said, okay. I'll tithe um, and just purchase the action figure. On our way home, we stopped at this food store and uh, all of a sudden this person runs up to me and says, quick, pick a name out of this hat. And so I pick a name um, and I was like drawing like a raffle winner for like their staff or some like someone won an award in, in their store. Um, and they said, thank you so much. Um, you can pick anything in the store and you can have it for free. Well, 
we'll comp it. So I went over hmm. to the VHS section, and sure enough, there was X-Men. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and, and I got this movie. And it was, like, one of those things where I'd literally just been, like, I, I was questioning, like, is it important? And it, it like, there's always, co- there's always, like, coincidence, you know? But, yeah. but um, the word coincidence didn't actually exist in Bible times. Like, that yeah. wasn't a thing. Like, if something like that happened, it was not a coincidence. It was... Yeah. You know, and so, um, so I always remember that. And there's been multiple things since then, um, where I've seen like provision. Um, yeah. you know, that was just like a silly little story from when I was mm-hmm. a kid, but, um, but it always stuck with me. And, um, and it, tithing really is, it's important to me. Yeah. Um, and I've seen the benefit from it, um, even just from my own mindset. Like, even if you just dismiss anything spiritual that might come from it, just from my mindset, it's like realizing this is not mine. Mm-hmm, exactly. I may have worked for it. I might, I might have earned it, but it's not mine. Yeah. Like, so the very first thing I do is tithe. And it's, yeah. um, it's been great for me. It's yeah. It's been really good for me. Mm-hmm. So. No, I agree. So. It's you know you're not a sinner if you don't do it, <laughs> yeah. but but I can I can tell you there is benefit to it. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, great. All right, well we're gonna hop into our uh, drum topic for the day. If you've never yeah. listened to this podcast before, you know we split our podcast into two categories: mm-hmm. drum topic, faith topic. Right. Um, so our drum topic today is what is a professional drummer? Uh, what 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 makes you one? Mm-hmm. Are you one currently? Uh, if you want to be one, what does it take? So, yeah. Tim, you came up with this. Start us off. Cool. Um, so I've been I've been thinking a lot about this um, because uh, had you asked me this question three years ago, I might uh-huh. I might have had a different answer. Um, and and I was just thinking like, so Matt, you're 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 a pro. You do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're quite literally what most would consider a professional drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, you do it as a profession. Um, I do not. So in many cases, I would not be considered a professional drummer. Um, technically, when you look at the description of what professional anything is, it's someone making money for the thing that they do as a profession. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made money for drumming, so I could be a pro. Some would say, oh, well, you're talented enough to be a professional drummer dude you're a pro you're a pro drummer um Mm -hmm. but technically i'm not so i was just like thinking about this like Mm. what actually makes you a pro drummer and for those interested in becoming a pro drummer what what does it take what's most Mm -hmm. important um and i personally narrowed it down to uh three things and I'm interested to know if you have any additional to add or if you disagree with my three things, being a pro drummer, because I am not technically a pro drummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first and most important is skill level, mm-hmm. I think. Most people are not going to hire you if you don't have the skill. Uh, we were talking to uh, Mike Sleeth a while back, mm-hmm. and he was talking to us a little bit about how he got the gig with Sean Mendez. And 
it came down to, well, it came down to knowing people, <laughs> knowing the right people, but also it came down to talent. Ultimately, he had to audition and impress the decision makers, right? So mm -hmm. first things first, you're going to need the skill. Number two, you need to be a good person. You need to be someone that people want to work with, that you need to be someone that's nice to be around. Ultimately, you're not going to keep any job. You're not going to be a pro anywhere hmm. if people don't want to work with you. Um, hmm. And I've seen... At least not for long. Right, right. I've seen some really, really good drummers lose their jobs. Yeah. I've seen some really good drummers who were, you know, the face of the industry for a while and then were just got around this person sucks to be around <laughs> that's a and good they, that's a good point if i can interject i yeah. i wouldn't have included that in my description of professional mm -hmm. um but when i think about it and you describe somebody you say wow he's a professional yeah which which can mean a lot of things but certainly you could use that descriptive if you're describing someone who is put together mm -hmm. and who is um who is someone who, who treats other people in a way that they themselves would want to be treated. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a professional. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's, he's really put together. He, he, he really factors in what other people think and where other people are at and what other people's needs are. And mm -hmm. he doesn't just, you know, bull around and beat other people up in the process. Yeah. That's right. So that, that, that is a, a great point. Yep. Yep. I think, like, so to, to, I guess, put a scenario out there, um, you know, you could be in a band and if your bandmates don't want to be around you, you're not going to be in that band for very long. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a session musician, um, you're not going to get referrals. People aren't yeah. going to say, oh yeah, you got to hire this guy. He was great to work with. If you weren't great to work with, you could have been a great drummer, but ultimately if they had a poor experience, you're not going to get another job at least not mm -hmm. through that network of people, right? Um, so again, to bring up like Mike Sleeth, he's still playing for Shawn Mendes, and my first impression of him, um, I saw him play, I knew he was a great drummer, and mm -hmm. then I talked to him, and I realized how good of a person he was, <laughs> or is, you know? Like, it was like, yeah. man, this guy is like a true pro. And I think about guys like Ash Sohn, like, Ash would not be as successful of a drummer. Mm-hmm had he only been a good drummer if mm -hmm. he was just talented it wouldn't ultimately matter he wouldn't be getting calls from producers saying hey you want to go play on this adele track for me real quick mm -hmm. like i want ash on my track like you know that wouldn't happen <laughs> just because yeah. he's a good drummer that's true um, so those are actually the two main things for me that i would say like make you a pro the third would be uh, hard work because hmm. ultimately uh, at some point when you're when when you have a profession and this goes for anything not just drumming it might start off as something fun but once you start getting paid once it starts becoming a responsibility once it starts being required of you there is additional work that has to go in both mentally and physically mm -hmm. you have to work hard at being good at what you do and keeping it fun and being in it, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, not just that, but, um, you know, whether it's drumming, whether it's a career, uh, you have to work hard at 
being, you know, at the top of your game. Otherwise, other people are going to overshadow you. You know, if you, mm-hmm. um, if you're not like for me, like if I'm not um, performing at my highest, if my company is not top of the market, then we lose business. People don't want to work with us. They want to work with the next company that knows what's going on. <laughs> Same with drumming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if 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 you're trying to be a session musician, you got to be be able to work hard. You got to be able to, you know, stay up with it, stay up with the times at some point. Like mm-hmm. um, even with with styles of drumming, I think unless you're in a band that's really successful, which is you know Matt's case. You know, like you really have to be versatile, I think, and that mm-hmm. requires hard work. So, mm-hmm. so those are the three things for me when I was just like thinking about it. Like, it's a talent got to be good. B, uh, which by the way, step one does require hard work to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're not people. Some people are naturally talented, but you still have to work hard to get to the point where you're a pro. Uh, so, talent, skill level. B. Uh, be a good person, be uh, nice to work with, um, and three, um, continued hard work. Be able mm-hmm. to uh, be responsible and um, you know work hard even after it stops being fun, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a good way to put it because that happens. Mm-hmm. A hobby that becomes a job loses some of its fun, Yep, has the potential to. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so um, that was great. In, in boiling down at its most simplistic format what professional means, just looking at a definition of it, number one, relating to or belonging to a profession. Number two, engaged in a, speci- engaged in a specified activity as one's main paid occupation rather than as a pastime. Uh, those are two adjectives. Mm-hmm. The nouns would be, number one, a person engaged or qualified in a profession. Uh, number two, a person engaged in a specified activity, especially a sport or branch of the performing arts, as a main paid occupation rather than a pastime. Okay. Um, quite literally, that is, as I look around in the music do. industry... <laughs> yeah. That is literally what it, it yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's literally what it is. I'm, I'm paid to play drums in the performing arts industry. Um, it's not just a pastime. I think at its most simplest format, if you look at it that way, um, you don't need to be a nice person. You don't need to be skilled and you don't have to be hardworking. So I think... I think as I look at this, what you're describing is in line with how I would describe a professional, but put up against the definition of professional drummer or pro drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's contrasting. I think what you're describing is how do you get to the place where you are a professional drummer. You're right. Yep. Correct. I think... I think there there are certainly, I mean, we can all agree, there are professional musicians, you know, professional drummers, professional celebrities, athletes, whatever it might be, actors, who um, are not hardworking, are not skilled, and are, aren't nice to be around from what we hear. <laughs> that's true. <Yeah. laughs> and um, and that's unfortunate, but it's, it's an unfortunate truth. Mm-hmm. And so, some people get really famous and therefore are a professional because they're not nice. Mm-hmm. 
um, to work with. Now, in my industry, speaking from experience, just you know what I've seen in my own life and the people around me, you you do have to work really hard. And if you work really hard, you're going to get good at the thing you're working hard at. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there aren't that many people in the music industry that aren't nice. And if you're not nice, everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's a really small industry. People yeah. talk about it. People talk about you. People know your reputation before they even meet you. Um, so the idea of being a professional drummer literally means that you're paid to do this thing it's not it's not just a pastime Mm -hmm. the format in which you follow to become one however has those ingredients right for sure um so tim that's just create a hypothetical here so yeah i am a professional musician because i'm paid to do this would you still consider me a professional drummer or professional musician if i wasn't a nice person if you knew i was lazy and didn't work hard and if you knew i wasn't all that good and now just in your head without naming names maybe think about some people who you would think fit into that category (laughs) um would you still consider them a professional drummer or professional or a professional musician keeping in mind that they're getting paid to do it yeah um, that's a that's a great question. <laughs> um, so so I guess here's how I'll phrase it, and this is not the best way to phrase it, but I would consider them a professional, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily call them a pro. Mm, okay. All right. Like so so yes, they're professional. They're they're making money doing their craft. All right. <laughs> yeah, I can't. They're Take they're it. professional. That's that's it. Would I would I say, oh, that guy's a pro, like, you know, that guy, that dude, or that girl, she is a pro. Like, not necessarily. Uh huh. Right. Uh huh. I agree with that. So the term pro is it encompasses more than just the fact that you're getting paid to do this thing. Mm-hmm. It implies that you are also other. You have other attributes. You're the full package. Other than it being your profession Mm -hmm. this makes me think of um years ago i read something from c.s lewis about the word gentleman Mm -hmm. and from what i remember the word gentleman used to mean um uh someone who owned land Hmm. right and now it obviously when you say if i were to say tim anderson he is a gentleman Hmm. Uh, tim owning land would not be in the first 10 things that you think about. I do, if, I do own some land. That, <laughs> even though it's true. You would think, well, he holds the door for, for, for somebody at the grocery yeah, store right. and he's really nice and kind and considerate and generous, right? So over time, you know, the word professional has, has evolved and been shortened into the word pro, which has mm-hmm. taken on, I would agree, the meaning, it's a lot more than just the fact that it's your profession. Like mm-hmm. you, you are put together, you're the full package, as you said, um, you're someone I would aspire to be like. Yeah. And I, I think the argument can be made here that it's one thing for it to be your profession. Um, but that that doesn't go far enough for me. And the reason is you only get one life. Mm-hmm. And is it really enough to say that you've made it just because you're getting paid to do it? Yeah. Not for me. I want I would like to be remembered for more than just what I was able to do. And yeah. the fact that I was paid for it. I, I'd like to be remembered for being someone who made a positive difference. Right. 
um, not just someone who was who was paid to do this thing. Yeah. Additionally, I, I'd like to be I'd like to be influential in the sense that I'm doing something well, and I'd like to make my parents proud, <laughs> and and be a hardworking person who's mm-hmm. contributing and 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 actually putting some skin in the game for this thing. Yeah. So as you're listening to this, Tim, you raise great points, like three bullet points. Here's what I think a pro is. Mm-hmm. This is the process of getting to the point where you are paid to do this thing. Yeah. Um, as you're listening to this, what kind of person are you? Because I think it, the argument can be made that you can be a pro and not be a professional. Yeah. In other words, you don't have to be paid to do a thing and you can still be a pro at that thing, mm-hmm. which might be the most important, important point anyway, mm-hmm. because if that's true, then it applies to anything and everything in your life that you're doing with these at least three attributes yep. in mind. Yeah. Are you hardworking at it? Are you nice about it? Are you nice to people around you? And are you good at it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think some professions might be a little bit more forgiving if you don't um, have one of those <laughs> attributes. Yes. Uh, sports being true. Uh, probably the, the primary one. It's when it's money-driven. Um, sometimes your attitude doesn't... Um, you know, play into it. But, but I will say, um, 100% in the arts, like acting, like movies, TV, music. Word spreads like wildfire. Oh my goodness. I have seen careers ruined because you're just, you're not an easy person to work with. You're difficult to work with. You're not a nice person. Um, you're a drama queen or whatever, you know, that those people usually have, pretty short careers <laughs> uh-huh. let's just put it that way in sports maybe not so much um but even even there um you know you'll see people get traded to other teams and like word spreads this guy's difficult he's a great player mm-hmm. but he's difficult mm-hmm. so you know <laughs> um but but yeah i mean you're right i mean technically uh, a professional would be uh somebody who um makes money doing what they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think where you know so I yeah, we're coming from a place where if you're if you're listening and you're aspiring to be and I would imagine most of you are aspiring to be musicians um not all of you, but um I think this idea probably applies to just about everything in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um and hey, if you found a, a group of guys who uh, you're in a band with and they can deal with uh, your level of difficulty as a person <laughs> and then more power to you, you know. But ultimately, at mm-hmm. some point, you're going to be going on tour with other bands mm-hmm. and crew members and people who have to deal with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just think about that experience for them, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Or, or how it, you know, if, if, if you're a selfish person, how it'll affect you mm-hmm. down the road, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, I know of a lot of opportunities that have merely been opened up for me, not because of my skill level, but because of um, just working with me as a person. People, uh, yeah. you know, because I've even asked, like, why do you want me to play with you on this? Why are you asking me to drum? You have all of these other friends, people that you've worked with in the past who are miles beyond where I am as a drummer. And they're like, well, because we want to work with you, man. Like, it's we just want you 
as a person yeah. to be, <laughs> you know, and that's, yeah. and that is like a, a massive compliment, you know? Yeah, um, that's true. I think about the fact that I've spent 20 years doing one thing and I haven't dedicated a whole lot of time to other things. Have mm-hmm. you ever thought about the fact that, yeah. you know, you, we all have decisions about how we want to live our lives and how we want to spend our time. It's part of the reason I never got into video games yeah. because I, there's only so much time in a day. And if you're going to spend time doing that, you're going to get good at it. Yeah. But for That's me, right. I don't place a whole lot of value on being good at video games. It's just not very high on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are those listening who play a lot of video games. And for you, it's, it's something in a lot of cases you're very good at. And it's important to you because it's relaxing, because it's it's something you can do to just take your mind off everything else. We yeah. all need that. For me, video games does not do that. <laughs> video games, I'm terrible at video games, so it just makes me frustrated that I'm not good at it. And in order to get good at that, I would need to dedicate so much oh, yeah. time yeah. to get there, which is obviously taken away from the point that it's just something I do to relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at that <laughs> point, it's like, well, it's sort of obsessed with this thing. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I think about like s- someone like my neighbor who is good at quite a few things. And I don't know that he would say that he's great at any one thing. Yeah. And I think this raises the point that if you want to be great at drums or at anything else in your life, you're going to have to sacrifice other other hobbies yeah. or other relationships or other things in your life to dedicate to this one thing. Yeah, jack of all trades, uh, master of none, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't see a whole lot of ways around that. And I think that that's a worthy call, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to place a lot of value in one thing instead of jumping around to 20 different things. Yeah. But it's very personality-driven. That's right. And my personality is more is more in line with the idea of learning something and getting really good at it and not cutting corners. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do something halfway good. Right. And especially if I'm getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make drumming something that you're doing full time and you're getting paid to do your profession, then a good path there is is to follow these three bullet points that Tim laid out, be a pro in the process of being an aspiring professional drummer, mm-hmm. which is work hard so that you can get good at this thing and be really nice to people along the way. Yeah. It's a really simple recipe for anything in life. Mm-hmm. But things will go well for you if if you follow that trajectory. Yeah. And if you're not of the personality that, like, I want to become really good at this thing, then you can still apply the idea of being a pro to those other things in your life. Mm-hmm. Do you work for an HVAC company? Be nice to the people around you. Outwork the people around you and get really good at that thing that you're doing. And you'll likely be promoted in the process yeah. if you're appreciated for those things. Um, are you a lawyer? Are you a doctor? Um, are you in charge of um, building maintenance at a church like mm. my brother is? My brother works so hard. I mean, yeah. everybody I talk to about my brother, like, oh, Ben, he is amazing, right? They mm-hmm. would say he's a pro. Yeah. And his profession is doing the thing that he's a pro at. That's the kind of legacy we should be aspiring to have. Much more than just you're good at this thing. It's like, no, you're known for something more than just doing the thing well. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I think that that's a worthy cause that, um, that we should be asking ourselves, you know, asking of ourselves or maybe asking other people if, if we live up to those things. Yeah. A lot of times we have blinders on. We can't actually see the things that we are guilty of, our, mm. our faults, which going back to our inner circle conversation, part of the reason I love being married so much, one of the many things is that I'm living life with someone else who's able to point out things that like I just wouldn't see about myself, yeah. good and bad. Mm-hmm. Like my wife is very complimentary. She'll tell me when I'm doing something really well and she isn't afraid to... Um, confront me if there's something that's not okay or right. frustrating or odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really important to have that kind of person in your life or people. If you have good friends, they'll tell you that, yeah. both good and bad. Uh, if you have a good relationship with your spouse, he or she will tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need the challenge. Yeah, I, I think you made a really good point that it is it is very much personality-based. Um, and I know that about you, like anything that you put your mind to, like you, uh, you, you know, put your all into it. And it's something I was raised to, um, to believe as well as that, you, you know, you do everything to the best of your abilities, mm-hmm. uh, because it's an act of worship, hmm. you know, you, you ever, no matter what it is. You know, and of course, my parents applied it to like chores and <laughs> things like that. You know, do <laughs> yeah. it to your to the best of your abilities because God will, <laughs> whatever. You know, uh, and but but it is true. I mean, like um, we've talked about worship before. Worship isn't just music on a Sunday morning. You know, worship is is what you do on a daily basis. If you're mm-hmm. doing it for, uh, you know, for God's glorification, if you're doing it for that reason. Um, it's an act of worship. So that, so that's something that's been kind of instilled in me, uh, at an early age. I know that you share that as well. Yes. Um, and I think that's part of probably the driving point too, <laughs> behind you, uh, working so hard at, at the things that you, that you love, but I see it in everything that you do as well. I mean, it's not just drumming, it's, you know, uh, in farming, like you're not just clocking in and clocking out, like, mm-hmm. you know what you're doing and you're doing it to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. You talked about pickleweed in one of the episodes and how, you know, <laughs> frustrating it is and how thorough you have to be. Um, otherwise, it has, you know, it's detriment. It's a detriment to your crop, you know. And, and mm-hmm. so, like, things like that take a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I'd be giving up. Like, halfway through that field, I'd be like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um but yeah, it's you know I think I'm buying a drone, <laughs> yeah, right, with a spray tank I'm on the bottom gonna, to kill this yeah, stuff. I'm just gonna flamethrower everything. I just, I'm just gonna. <laughs> who's got a beer? Yeah, I need a beer. Right. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, so it does. It you know it takes the 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 right type of person. But I think and I actually want to end this off with a question for you, Matt, because you are the pro, the resident pro right now. Um, and I want to see like so. I uh, let's just get there now. Uh, if Based on those three bullet points that I outlined, if you were to remove one of those things, how um, do you think it would have affected your career as it stands? It's a great question. Well, talking through it in real time, if you were to take away the nice to people part, um, I think I could still be here. It's hard for me to imagine this because 
the whole dynamic of my band is based on the fact that we've been through a lot of stuff together and there have been times where we don't get along all that well, but we always come back around and it takes some level of humility mm -hmm. to make that happen. Yeah. If you take away the skill, I, th I think it would have gotten to a point where um, I could also still be here because if my band confronted me and said, hey, you're not doing a good job at this and I was hard working still, I would be able to work on it and I would and therefore I would get better at it. Yeah. Okay, so if, if if I wasn't ever able to be skilled at it, then I don't think I'd be here, <laughs> yeah. no matter how much hard work. I, if I wasn't ever able to be nice, I think there would have been some change. And certainly, if you take away the hard work aspect, I didn't have an... I didn't have near enough skill in the beginning to mm -hmm. even think about getting this off the ground um, without working hard at it. So I guess what we're asking is, which is which is the least significant of these three? And I, like from an objective standpoint, so in other words, which, which one do I think personally is least significant? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say skill, um, <laughs> because I can still right? appreciate, <laughs> I, I, I can still appreciate a drummer in the profession if he's not real good, as long as I see the fact that he's nice and he's hardworking. Yeah. But speaking objectively to make it 20 years in this, I think if you take away being nice, I think you could still be here. Mm. I really do. Um, you wouldn't be talked about nicely and you wouldn't have many friends yeah. and your band would also have to be a bunch of people who don't get along with each other and it wouldn't be much fun. Yeah. But I, I think the skill and the hard work has to be there in order to survive 20 years. Um, I, I can think of a, I can think of one band right now. I, I can think of two bands right now where there's a, not a nice person and they've been a band for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And like the cost of having someone like that in your band is, it is exorbitant. Mm. Like they have to have different rooms. Um, they have to have different dressing rooms. They Yeesh. don't like each other. They don't fly on the same planes. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's but bad. have you ever, so, so this is a band situation and that makes sense to me. Like if you guys have a history and you can get along enough to be in a band together professionally, I can see how that could work. But if you are going to be a session musician, how long do you think you'd last if you weren't, you weren't oh, easy to work with? I don't think you'd be getting calls. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's a whole different world. Yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot of experience in the session world, but I can imagine you made the point, Ash Stone and the other session guys I'm thinking about. Um, there are going to be managers who don't know what they're talking about calling up these artists who mm -hmm. aren't nice just because they have a name for themselves. And yeah. sometimes they have the name because they're not nice. Mm. But in general, if you're easy to work with and considerate and think about other people, you're going to be getting more work. Yeah. And th this aside, I mean, what's going to give you longevity? That's one question. But uh, but it, it, another, I think, maybe more important question is, how do you want to be remembered? Like, w w what kind of life do you want to lead? Yeah. And that's that's where I look at being nice and considerate and um, being honest and just 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 being a good person in the sense that yeah. you're considerate and standing up for what's right that is by far of course the most important thing here yeah 
And it, it applies to being a professional just like it applies to anything else in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's good. So I guess ultimately what we're breaking down is you don't need all those three things, but you sure will have a much more fulfilling and most likely a, a longer <laughs> career yeah. if you apply those three things. Do, do we miss anything? Do you think there's another element to being a professional that we didn't touch on there? Um, I think this plays into being nice, but making other people's lives easier. Mm. In other words, staying in your lane and then yeah. getting off stage per se. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting out of the way, doing what you're called to do. Yeah. And not overstepping. Um, and I, I think another thing too is being careful about how much um, stock you put in your performance. Like there's this idea of imploding. So if, if you put all your stock in how good you are at this thing and what people say about you, you could get to the point where you're no longer a professional it's no longer your profession because you just run away from it because you you can't stand the criticism Mm -hmm. you can't take it it's it's too much for you there's too much pressure so it it takes this level of having an identity that supersedes um, what people say about you good and bad Mm -hmm. and i think that that is a very important point when it comes to being a, a pro and actually staying around for a while is you you have to be able to put on some armor Mm. and remember why you're doing this in the first place yeah yeah that's great that's really good advice awesome well this is a good topic good work man yeah yeah you too so our, our next uh our next topic is patience which was a topic that we almost um went into i guess a few episodes ago Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of an idea um, that I had uh, because of a, uh, a specific day that I had. Um, but I'm, I will actually would love for you to start this one if you're open to it, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'll take it from there. Okay, cool. So our faith topic is patience. And um, patience is something that's hard for me. Um, I just think in terms think of what's been going on recently around here, <laughs> uh, we, my wife and I got married, um, on mother's day. So it's been just over two months and we've been renovating and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say remodeling, but we've been fixing up our house, painting, um, making it nicer inside and out. Yeah. And when I have my mind set on something, it's hard for me to put that aside and say, we'll get to it tomorrow or next week. Right. It can wait. Hard words for me to say <laughs> and live by. So what is the importance of patience? Well, um, a good application of this would be remodeling a house because there's certain things that you, you can't just rush through and um, you should take your time with and the outcome will be better. And I think this applies to most things in life. So if you're willing to be a patient person, then instead of treating this thing like, oh, it's something I have to get done tonight. It cannot wait till tomorrow. You will get it done maybe. And if you don't get it done, you're going to be frustrated. Mm -hmm. If you do get it done, the quality of that thing you're doing will probably not be as great as if you waited and just took your time with it or waited until 
it was a better time to do it. If you throw everything at it because you're impatient, then you're, you're likely to get hurt, hurt other people, or get really frustrated, thinking, man, I can't believe I didn't get this done. Now, for me, when I think about what does it take to be patient or why am I impatient, a lot of times um, I treat things like it's the end of the world. So, for example, if I don't get the front of the house painted tonight, when am I going to get it done? Mm-hmm. Well, what am I really saying there? There's not going to be tomorrow? Or what if I don't have time tomorrow? Or I had this in mind to do tonight, like I have to do it, yeah. right? You're, you're, you're treating this like it's the end all. And I think what, what happens to me personally is that other things take a back seat to this thing that I think is the most important. So it's, in that case, a matter of value. What are you placing value on? Right. I'm very task-oriented. I like to have a checklist. I like to check things off. And that really makes me feel like I'm doing what I need to be doing. And sometimes my impatience comes out because something's taking a lot longer than what I want it to take. And therefore, things that are actually important, like relationships, <laughs> mm-hmm. take a back seat and I hurt people or I say things I don't mean to say or I do things I shouldn't do because I'm placing all the value on this thing that I am so confident and, 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 and so like, you can't keep me away from this. I'm going to get it done. Yeah. Patience is obviously a, a biblical principle. Um, something that obviously people have, have dealt with impatience for all of time. And so it's something we have to really fight to attain and, and impatience is something we have to fight against. Um, but for me, it's really a matter of where, of where are you placing your value? Um, if, if you're patient with somebody or you're patient with a task, you're patient with, um, people around you, then you're placing value on them, Mm. not on yourself right right if you're impatient then you're saying things need to go my way according to my schedule and in the time that i say that it needs to happen well well, what does that say to the other person the world revolves around you you're not considering them you're not factoring them in Mm -hmm. and i'm just kind of shooting from the hip here about just thinking about a couple of examples in my life like what does it really mean to be patient um I'm not trying to speak, I'm not trying to talk about it like it's something other people have talked about and I'm just quoting, you know, elaborate (laughs) ideas here. Like, (laughs) this is how my life looks when I'm patient. Okay, it means I'm slowing down a little bit. I'm thinking about other people throughout the day that might alter my schedule and the way I think things should go. Um. And I'm, I'm not treating things today like it's the end of the world and tomorrow won't come. Mm. Like things can wait. And that's something I'm not great at. Yeah. So where's my value? I want to say it's on it's in my relationships with people around me. Am I impatient ever? <laughs> All the time. What does that mean? It means that I'm placing more value on this thing than what I am the relationships around me. Yeah. In those particular cases. Yeah. That's good. I, I love that. Um, so you touched on uh, for a second where where I had originally wanted it to go. Which so so patience is a biblical principle. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's it's a fruit of the spirit, 
which as we've talked about in episodes past, the way that we like to define that is, you know, like fruit is like evidence, right? Of, of mm-hmm. the spirit growing and working inside of you. So if you're showing patience, it's a, it's a sign that, you know, the Holy Spirit's actually at work within you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always interesting, like, you know, beyond just biblical principles, like, I, I'm sure you guys have heard the term, like, patience is a virtue. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, just outside of <laughs> the Bible completely. Like, you know, Christian or not, not let's, you know, patience is a virtue, something you've probably heard. Um, mm-hmm. It's virtuous to be patient. Um, it's funny how many, like, <laughs> how many, how, how my eyes were opened up when I got married to, like, think, like, I thought I was just... I thought I was a great person. I was like super cocky and I didn't even know it. I was like, I, I thought I was a great person. I thought I was really patient. I thought I was really kind. And then, and then I got married and realized all of my, not all of my flaws, but a number of flaws mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, all of a sudden I was living with someone and had to care about someone. And, and, um, and then I had kids, which even further, um, I actually really believed I was a patient person until I had children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was like a slap in the face. You were not a patient person. Um, <laughs> and I, like the voice I have ringing in my head right now is, is actually my son's voice. And um, he is not a patient kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you will hear him on the daily, probably multiple times a day, say, this is taking forever. <laughs> and and sometimes he had asked me to make him a sandwich a couple seconds ago and I didn't get up right away um, or I'll be making the sandwich in, in the process of making the sandwich um, which can only go so quickly and he'll storm in this is taking forever uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was just thinking about it um, like so we you know in the, on this podcast we're always trying to like deep dive areas of life that can help us live more fulfilled lives, you know, better lives, happier lives. And, um, patience is something that I've been struggling with. I think partially because I, I desire a lifestyle of patience. I desire a slower paced life where, things don't have to happen right away. Like Mm -hmm. it can, it can wait, you know, what's, what's the rush? Um, my job does not allow me to think that way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We have deadlines and things have to get done. And if someone wants it now, you get it now. You can't be patient. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's hard to instill patience, um, when you're being paid to get things done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Um, I am managing contracts and making sure that they, hit the timeline, you know, um, patience is not something that's in that job description patient with my clients. Maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) do I hold my tongue? Yes. But, (laughs) but you know, is it, um, is it the nature of my job? No, not at all. Um, I live in New Jersey, which for those of you who live in New Jersey or have visited New Jersey, you know, this is a very, very fast paced, culture (laughs) like and it's to the point where i go anywhere else in the country in the world even and recognize how it's almost uncomfortably slow when i leave new jersey 
I went to Nashville just for like a week and was like, my goodness, like this is so slick. Just take your time. Why don't you like, it was, <laughs> like you know, went any, anywhere down south, especially like if I, sorry for all you southern states, but if I go south, like it feels like I'm just slowing down, which is great for mm-hmm. me sometimes, you know, but, but when mm-hmm. you're so used to being fast paced, like there's this, I was actually, I was, uh, I was in a client meeting today and we were just talking about how like there's this unspoken like rush as soon as you get in the car and start driving like you need to get to the next place as fast as possible and i mm-hmm. like realized it like i was i got to my meeting like a half an hour early this morning and i was still like speeding like crazy like i had to be in the fast lane i had to be i was like what what's this traffic get out of the way like get out of the fast uh-huh. lane I, there was no rush at all i was early and i was still rushing around and it's just like uh-huh. it's so funny how um I mean, the American culture as a whole is very fast paced. You go to yes. other countries and it is like mind blowingly slow. Yeah. Um, but, but even for me, like I'm in New Jersey, which is like, you know, it's like being in the Californias and the, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's like very fast paced here, uh, New York, New Jersey in general. Um, and, and, uh, but I think there's so much value I mean, it's play, it's literally like in the list of fruits of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience. It's number four. Mm-hmm. You know, right there with love, joy, and peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, I think uh, I think that we should place importance, not just because it's virtuous, but because it's actually uh, a quality that will better our lives. Mm-hmm. And practicing patience is something that um, I need to do. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a necessity. Yeah. Um, in a in a culture and you know a world where it's so natural to be anxious, like anxiety mm-hmm. is like just a a daily thing. I'm not knocking anyone who actually has like anxiety issues. Like that's. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I get it. That's <laughs> that's real, but um, I, sometimes I think patience is is the answer to that in some cases, not in all cases. Mm-hmm. But I think I think practicing patience can help with that mm-hmm. because yeah, in the grand scheme of things, what what is the rush? Like, yeah. like why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I think in some cases. Um, I can think of someone that I know, and I think sometimes I deal with this too, where we have work anxiety. Yeah. I, I call it work anxiety, which is we need to work so that we don't think. Mm. It's like our safe place, if you will. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're if you're going through something, or you you just feel like you're not enough, you don't measure up, you work. Mm. That's very much so Lancaster culture too. You work. That's what you do. Yeah. And the justification will be, well, there's a lot to do. There's so much to do. I got to get it done. Right. But at the end of the day, you can do, you can, you can, um, you you can eliminate some of those responsibilities and work less. Mm. We all have decisions that we make that, uh, ultimately make our lives busier. I understand there are some essential responsibilities like parenting, uh, children who need you, you know, dependents, uh, jobs and, daily life, but there are so many other things that we could cut out from our schedule so that we don't work as much and it would give us more um, peace in our lives, mm-hmm. right? 
And and patience, I think you raise an interesting point here, which is, what is the rush? Um, and I see the collateral as being, what are we flying by on the yeah. proverbial what highway? What are we missing? Like, what are we missing as we just mm. zoom past these things? As I was talking about earlier, if you're placing all the value on getting to where you're going as fast as you can, you know, once again, speaking metaphorically or yeah, figuratively here, um, what are you missing in the process? And I, I think it's, it's important as a Christian to factor in time where you're not always doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously there are things happening around you at any given time that maybe you are not seeing mm-hmm. because you're impatient because you are, rushing to get to the next thing and the next place and um that aside the quality of life like you said just goes down yeah if you're able to if you're able to be a patient person who values the people around you which i think plays into what the definition of patience is <clears throat> then life is has more meaning mm. so for me um in closing down this conversation, um, I think something that reminds me to be patient is reading the Bible hmm. um, because history is a pretty important part of our perspective as we look forward. Yeah. Um, if, if we make our, our whole lives about us, um, then it's, it's going to, your world is going to shrink down and your vision is going to be so narrow that you're carrying this weight that you really don't have to carry. Yeah. You you can do very little to control what happens in a day's time. Mm-hmm. There are certain things you can control, what you say, <laughs> what you do, but that's almost it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many things that you can't factor in. And if you look at history, history will teach you and remind you that all throughout time, people have been dealing with the issues, many of which the issue, uh, you know, many of the issues that you're dealing with today. Yeah. And there's something to that. It, it teaches you that, hey, you're a part of something bigger than just you. Mm-hmm. And you can work together with the people around you. You can work together um, knowing what happened back then and in, in going forward. Yeah. And you can, be, you can be patient with that person that cuts you off in traffic and not, and not, not lose your cool because it, it's not just about you. That mm-hmm. person's probably going through something. Mm-hmm. That person could very well, you know, very well, very likely be going through something that you, you can't even imagine. And so you become impatient, you become nasty and you fly off the handle and um, you just miss an opportunity to do something positive. Yeah. Because you were impatient. Yeah. And that's exactly where I <laughs> wanted to go with this. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll wrap with this. Um I was I, I started watching um, this TV show called Peaky Blinders for the first mm-hmm. time, and it's been around it's for a while. Show. It's like six Ooh, seasons or something great like that. Show. But I started watching it in the first episode. Um, uh, there's this scene where um, this guy just he he um, like abruptly comes into the bar, starts flipping tables and freaking out. And they, they tackle him, and it's like, for a second, you're like, what the heck is going on? This guy's out of his mind. And then you see the main character pick him up, and you find out that this guy has PTSD from the war. And he calms him down and walks him out and pays for the damage. 
And it's like, <laughs> for me, it was like, he was so, it was such a blatant example of patience. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think he was able to be patient with that guy was because he understood him. There was mm-hmm. empathy there because you find out later he was also a soldier in mm. the war and struggled with PTSD. Mm. <laughs> so there's this understanding which makes it that much easier to be patient with with those people. I, I, I love how my wife parents because she is so understanding to my kids. Like I am mm-hmm. like a fireball. Like, like my son was, my son woke up from like a late nap and um, I had gotten him dinner ready. I like spent so much time putting this thing together. We have this like cute like map plate where you put like little pieces of food all on the map and you get to the treasure in the end. So I p- spent all this time putting this together and he wakes up and like in a fury just starts telling me how he hates it and he didn't want this food here and wanted like food here. And I just like, like, nope, Mm -hmm. you cannot talk to me that way. You are like, just went off, you know? Mm -hmm. And my wife is like, babe, he just woke up from a nap. Mm -hmm. He's tired. Just let him be. And Mm -hmm. like, and she's able to do that. And that, that's the first thing that comes to her mind. She understands he just woke up. He's a yeah. kid. He's five. You know? <laughs> and like, I'm like, nope, this is not justice. Like, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you can't talk to me that way. You know, and it's just funny. And, and I think that if we can try to be more understanding, we will um, become more patient mm-hmm. in every yeah. aspect. If we understand what's going on with this person or just with this situation, if we understand and have that perspective of we have tomorrow. We have next week. We mm-hmm. have this weekend. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's no, there's no rush. All right, I, un- mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a great point. So, it's not easy to do, but it's. <laughs> I think, I think, kind of the solution is just mm-hmm. to be, to try to be more understanding and then be more patient. I've been like in this mm-hmm. search of like ways to slow down my life, and I think that's really important, um, especially as a dad. Um, I, I don't ever want to get to a point where I feel like I've missed out on portions of my children's life or portions mm-hmm. of my marriage or like, you know, missed something that was, that was important there. Um, so I've been seeking ways to slow down and be more understanding. So hmm. it's been real relevant That's great. to me. That's yeah. great. This is a great topic. It hits close to home for me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, once again, Episode eighty, we're still learning from stuff we're talking about, yep. and that's right. <laughs> we're we're living it out in real time mm-hmm. as we remodel our houses and parent <laughs> our kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so hopefully this is applicable in your life as you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and yeah. if you've been listening for a while, thank you very much. Huge thanks to our inner circle. Um, we actually mentioned all of the first names of our Patreon <laughs> yeah. supporters in the pre-roll, and uh, that alone took us several minutes. So <laughs> yeah. we just can't thank you guys and girls enough. You guys are awesome. Um, yeah. If you want to send us a message, you can do so by emailing Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com, um, or you can follow us on social media accounts at uh, Holy, Holy Ghost, Ghost Notes. Notes. Yeah. And you can post your drumming videos too. Hashtag Holy Ghost Notes. We'd love to see you playing. Um, thanks for supporting us and feel free to go back and listen to prior episodes. We have quite a few. If <laughs> yeah, you are just starting now. off. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, huge shout out to, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Barner, uh, 
new Inner Circle member. Welcome to the Inner Circle. Thank you for your support. And yeah, like Matt said, if you're interested in um, being part of the community and um, helping us out over here, check out patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. And uh, yeah, love to meet you. Absolutely. And Very that's good, a wrap. Thanks it's so late. much, man. Yeah, thank you. This was this great. Was Always good. And uh, you know, we will be seeing you, but be patient because <laughs> it'll be two weeks A couple now. weeks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, guys. Peace. Peace. Patience.